I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. You're listening to Room 104. It's Cormac and Sir here. You can get in touch on like Twitter or Instagram if you want at underscore Room 104. Now, do you pay much attention to the negative health effects of alcohol? I should, and my mom was a nurse for years. And I'm sure she, she had first-hand experience with a lot of people. She has, yeah. And every single weekend, she's always warning me to be careful. Just and cop to, on. Yeah, just have one glass of wine and then that be it. Especially coming into the time of year that is most people will be, you know, responsibly consuming possibly a little bit more. We're mm. Christmas parties, there's going to be loads of work nights out coming up. So just to make it a bit more miserable, we're going to, you know, chat to Dr. Jennifer Wider this evening who's on the line about some of the uh, interesting health concerns about alcohol. Dr. Wider, how are you? Hi guys, good evening. How are you? We're good. Well, I'm a bit scared to talk about this subject <laughs> probably because I don't want to hear what you're going to tell us. But we need to hear it. We do. Yeah, the, these segments are usually deemed buzzkills. I was only telling Cormac about someone I know whose nickname is Buzzkill. Oh, yeah. Apparently <laughs> he's a mood hoover. <laughs> mood hoover. So, Dr. Buzzkill, how are you? That's your new name. Right? That's your new name. <laughs> That's what my husband calls me. All right, so, so here's some interesting facts, you guys, about alcohol. Now, of course, you know, there are definitely health concerns when we, you know, talk from a medical perspective. We have to remind people that drinking alcohol and binge drinking can always cause some specific health concerns for women and other health concerns for men. But one thing I wanted to start off tonight to talk about was alcohol metabolism and how that is different between men and women. This is something really, really interesting that I learned when I was in medical school and I had no idea. But if you were to take, you know, Sarah and Cormac, if we put you in two sides of the room and decided to have you guys have a drinking contest to see who would get drunk faster, if you both were the same height and the same body weight, Sersha would get drunk much faster than Cormac just based on the fact that you're a woman. Wow. Now, this is what this is very interesting. So what people may not realize is there is a difference in the amount of enzyme that men and women produce that makes their ability to metabolize alcohol very efficient. So men have a higher active form of something called alcohol dehydrogenase. And that's a big medical term, and it's just the enzyme that's responsible for metabolizing alcohol. Their enzyme works way better than women. It works better in the stomach and it works better in the liver. So having that enzyme helps guys reduce the absorption of alcohol by about 30%. By contrast, women 
don't have any alcohol dehydrogenase in their stomach and absorb more alcohol into their bloodstream. So if you were to take a woman and get her blood alcohol level, it would be much higher than a man, even though they drank the exact same amount. Wow, and as, oh, yeah, as I said, yeah. if they're bang on body sizes as well. You know, that's what I thought. I thought, you know, it affected women more kind of negatively because we're smaller in height yeah. and size and whatever. But you're saying that even if we were the exact same size, that it would probably affect me more in a bad way. Correct. And what you guys are saying is absolutely right. Our body composition makes a difference also. So in general, women have a greater percentage of body mass in fat compared to men. So the concentration of alcohol is increased in the female bloodstream compared to the male body just based on the fact that we have more fat in our bodies. And not that we're fatter, it's just the way that our bodies, you know, the the fat is distributed in our bodies. And a lot of that has to do with the embryologic development of our bodies being able to have a baby and protecting that baby. And that's where the fat comes in. So just from a biological standpoint, Women tend to be smaller. They tend to to weigh less, you know, than men, depending on, you know, in ge- this is in general, of course. Yeah. And for that reason, a smaller male will get drunk faster than a larger male who can hold his alcohol probably better. But when it comes to men and women, on average, women definitely are smaller. But that's not the only thing at play here. The other thing at play, of course, is this enzyme that I just mentioned that most people don't realize. So most, most women do not even metabolize alcohol before it gets out of the stomach. It, most of the metabolism takes place in the liver. Guys got a head start on that because they have this enzyme present in their stomach. And so their metabolism has occurred partially in the stomach and then again in the liver. But even in the liver, you guys, after it makes its way through our digestive tract, this enzyme is less active in women. Women are really, really at a disadvantage. So women do not metabolize alcohol as efficiently as men, and therefore they have a higher blood alcohol level. And that's the problem because now I'm putting on my more serious hat. When you look at, you know, when you want to, I do a lot of work with college age women and girls that are in high school and teenagers and tweens and teens. And one of the things that girls need to recognize is they do have health concerns that are different than their guy friends. And it's really important for women to recognize that because, of course, if you look at women that, you know, and young girls and, and, and teenagers that have engaged in drinking alcohol or binge drinking, which is defined, by the way, as, you know, four to five drinks in a row for the sole purpose of getting drunk, that's binge drinking. For guys, it's about five in a row. For girls, it's about three to five, depending on, you know, who they are. Um, But that binge drinking can lead to a lot of issues. And of course, the issues are gender neutral. But when it comes to, you know, getting in an unprotected sex is more likely to affect women because women are more likely to get a sexually transmitted disease than men. And that's biological also. This is not sexist. So if a man and a woman has unprotected sex, the woman is way more likely to get an STD than the man. Okay, so that's really important for people to realize. In addition, unwanted sex, more often occurs in women and then of course getting into a car you know drunk and is is gender neutral so you want to just be really careful when you're drinking too much but that's an interesting thing when it comes to alcohol pharmacology or just the way we metabolize alcohol women need to remember that they're going to get drunk faster than their friends that are boys this is horrible information to hear to be honest but (laughs) does this also affect on a very serious note cancer rates in women more so than men well see that's a really good point but it's almost reversed right so it takes less alcohol 
alcohol to get you drunk as a woman than it does as a man. Now, alcohol, of course, confers a risk of cancer. So there, there is a lot of information. There's a lot of science about this. Red wine is supposed to protect your heart. It's supposed to be cardioprotective. Mm. So if you were to choose a drink on a daily basis, most doctors and medical professionals would recommend having red wine, and that's because of all of the components in red wine that can be cardioprotective. But, you know, if a woman gets drunk faster on less alcohol, then her risk of the alcohol issues that cause cancer are actually less. Hmm. Having said that, people, both men and women, that have more than two to three glasses of alcohol, any kind of alcohol, daily raise their risk of all sorts of different cancers. And how, how much are we talking an increase of, do we know? Well, it really depends on how much alcohol you have. And of course, it also depends on what your family history is. So if you're talking about a woman that has a, a family history of breast cancer, she really wants to pay attention to having minimal to moderate drinking, not excessive drinking, because that really is going to compound her already genetic risk, risk or familial risk. So, um, you know, it, it really depends on the cancer. Yeah. It depends on what your individual history and your, your family history is. Okay. Are there any benefits to drinking alcohol? <laughs> yes. All right. So, so listen, there are definitely benefits from drinking alcohol. One of the things that I mentioned is, you know, red wine is supposed to be cardioprotective. Um, that's a real study. That's come out time and time again about how drinking a glass of red wine may actually be helpful. It may protect you from, you know, high blood pressure. It may protect you from high cholesterol. And these are all risk factors for cardiovascular events. So that's really, really important. Minimal to moderate uh, drinking doesn't really, you know, as long as you are, you know, as long as you are aware of the negative health effects from long-term drinking, if you're drinking chronically and a lot of alcohol, if you're drinking a minimal to moderate amount, those risks just are not going to apply. And again, it comes back every week. We talk about things in moderation. We talked about dieting last week. You want to just be careful. You don't want to make your, you know, you don't want to fill your diet with high cholesterol foods and alcohol because, of course, it can lead to all sorts of medical issues. I take it it's one glass of red wine and not one bottle a night because yes. it's, I think it's so hard for most. <laughs> people right. to just have one glass well, and go that that's it now that I'm done. A lot of people have those glasses that are the size of, of a, a fishbowl. Yeah, yeah. And that's their yes, glass. Yes. Right, and they count that as a glass. And of course, you know, there are there are people that, you know, have a habit of drinking. My parents definitely drank like with <laughs> three we have I have uh, we're three total and my I remember my parents always having a drink with dinner. Um and a lot of people are like that and it's okay. You know, as long as you're drinking minimally. If you are going out multiple times a week and binge drinking three to four to five drinks in a row you really want to curb that habit because unfortunately it does have long-term health risks. There's a risk of cancer. There's a risk of dementia. There's a risk of, you know, all sorts of cancers, as I mentioned, cardiovascular issues. People that overdrink tend to be overweight. You know, there's a link there. And of course, being overweight has risks of all sorts of different diseases from diabetes to heart disease to stroke, et cetera. You know, you want to be careful. You can definitely get your buzz on and do it on the weekend, but don't make a habit of doing it every night. And there are people, you know, it's, there's an addictive component to this. And there are people that really have addiction with alcohol and those, you know, that's where the uh, the segment takes a turn for the more serious. And if you find that, you know, drinking is getting in the way of your daily functioning, then it's time to see a medical professional. Otherwise, really, really important just to drink in moderation. Yeah, and there's a lot of alcohol companies now coming out with their zero alcohol beers and wine yeah. and so on. We, so we The bar, the Virgin Mary, the non-alcoholic bar that yeah. we, we, we chatted to before, but yeah. So coming up to Christmas. Now, you know, it's always... It's always funny, you guys, when um, I had done a story way back for Cosmopolitan Magazine 
magazine about a um, fraternity party where they only served O'Doul's, which was non-alcoholic beer. And the placebo effect of people drinking this beer because they didn't tell the the participants or the people that were at the party that the beer was non-alcoholic was insane because everybody was acting drunk. And the issue is, do you think that it doesn't matter? Like, does it matter if, you know, you don't know when you're acting drunk? I don't know. That's the question. You know, sometimes they give like anti-anxiety medications to people when they're looking at different studies and half the people get placebo. And if it actually calms you down, you know, that's great. You didn't take anything, but it calms you down. You still have the effect of the placebo effect, but it's actually there for you. If you could figure out how to get the buzz without the alcohol. Yeah. But remember we went to the non-alcoholic bar, the Virgin Mary. We went, we tasted a few different types of drinks. One that looked like Guinness. One was a cocktail. I had a gin and tonic with no alcohol in it. literally half an hour later, Saoirse was standing on the counter (laughs) just singing. And it was like, seriously, Saoirse, come on now. I did leave feeling A, because we were going to work. I felt kind of guilty that I was drinking on the job. I'm bold. And B, I did feel a bit buzzy. But I don't know if it was just a psychological effect. Yeah, because I felt like I was in a bar. We'd had a few drinks. And I felt a bit merry. Right. And, And it's amazing. Because, you know, you know, when you're in a group mentality, if you're out, if you're in a place where you're usually drinking, you know, it may be wise to mix it up a little bit and do an alcoholic drink and then a non-alcoholic drink. And you may not know the difference. There are some interesting myths that I just wanted to debunk here, because one of the myths that I always loved that I've heard since I was in high school was beer before liquor, never been sicker. Have you heard that one? Yeah, I've heard beer before wine, you'll be fine or wine before beer. Oh, dear. (laughs) Yes. You know, in the U.S., like everyone would always say beer before liquor, never been sicker, liquor before for beer, you're in the clear or have no fear or whatever. Right. It is. OK. What's very interesting is there's this belief that beer is a softer drink that can cause like being drunk that can't cause you being as drunk as, let's say, if you had a shot of vodka mm. and that switching to hard liquor after a few beers can make you feel drunk faster and usually result in vomiting. When you look at the science behind this, it actually doesn't matter how you mix your drinks and the order in which you drink them. There is absolutely no science behind this. What's interesting is that mixing the types of alcohol, and if you're doing it quickly, it doesn't make a difference. You're going to get drunk and you're probably going to feel sick. It's not the order in which you did it. It's the amount that you're drinking and the percentage of alcohol that you're drinking there as well. So that's a funny myth. And, you know, I've heard that years and years and years. And I have to tell you, like, I use that as sort of the Bible. And I definitely had beer before liquor, never been sicker. I've, I've suffered from that. But it probably was in my head or I drank too much. Uh, yeah, I've heard that as well. So, uh, clearly, it makes sense. And the thing about it is you're always winding up doing shots after a few hours out anyway. So you're yeah. like, oh, it was the shots. It wasn't the 12 beers beforehand. It, no. was, it was the tiny shots. So. But as well as that, you hear people saying, oh, I don't drink vodka because it makes me act a certain my, way. Yeah, my mother is always saying uh, the Moors can't handle whiskey. I've always been told to stay away from whiskey. And I'm like, "Ah, but when it comes down to it, like alcohol is alcohol. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's right. You know, there are some preservatives in alcohol, like tannins and different kinds of things and different types of alcohol that can make people really sick. I have a friend who was on a sports team and they were, you know, they had their initiation on the sports team and they did shots of uh, shots of tequila rather. And she cannot smell tequila without getting sick. Like she just stays away from it for the last 20 years. It's interesting. It could be your experience. It could be like a post-traumatic stress disorder 
disorder, but there are some people and that have an that have a reaction to certain chemicals or components that may be in a specific type of alcohol. Now, what's very interesting is Asian people, on the whole, have a reaction to wine that other that other cultures don't necessarily have, and it's not all Asian people. But there are there's a lot of scientific evidence that shows that people of Asian descent have issues like metabolizing wine, and that they can get a blushing or their face can turn red in the way that other people from different backgrounds may not experience, which is very interesting, I think. I have a friend exactly like that. She, she is Asian. She gets um, these kind of rosy cheeks and she also gets this rash on her hand every time she drinks any alcohol. Really? Yeah. It's so funny because we don't think about how things affect different genders differently, how things affect different cultures differently, different races differently. But I've done a lot of studies on this and actually wrote this book called The Savvy Woman Patient that explores gender differences in all types of areas of medicine, the way different, you know, the way men and women will react differently for anesthesia, different types of medication, the way different cancers affect different genders or the way different diseases will be in different cultures. And it's just fascinating because eventually medicine is not going to be a one size fit all. You yeah. know, your your size, your gender, your race, your cultural background will all come into play with the way that you're treated for different things that you may be more privy to. Very interesting. Yeah, and it's funny because I saw some medical conference recently and there was the point being made by some doctor saying that there is a lack of or there's an underrepresentation of women in clinical trials so that a lot of cancer drugs and a lot of other prescriptions and things like that have been tested on a majority of men and we, they've done that to kind of say this is grand for everyone whereas there hasn't been that much research done into what the impacts might be specifically for women and that wow. needs more representation in the medical research field. Yeah, God, that's interesting. That's 100% right and what's really interesting about that is years ago, I'd say maybe five years ago at this point, we have, you know, as one of the things in the United States, probably the same in Ireland, but I don't want to talk out of turn, we had we had the bird flu, which was a bit of an epidemic. And they had a vaccine that came out, but there was a relative shortage in the country for the vaccine. And there was a group called the Society for Women's Health Research that wrote an editorial into the New York Times, which is this big paper, of course, that's, you know, out of New York. Um, but it's one of the bigger newspapers in this country. And they spoke about how if you were to take the vaccine quantity and tailor it to the genders, women really needed about two-thirds of the vaccine that the average man needed, and there wasn't a lack of vaccine in the country. It wasn't a one-size-fit-all, and most women were getting too much vaccine, but they didn't listen to them. And it's, it's amazing because that's exactly what you said, Cormac. You know, men are typically in these clinical trials, and it's usually white men, and 75-kilogram white males are the typical subject in these clinical trials. So things affect people very differently, um, depending on their background, depending on their gender. And I, I think medicine is moving in that direction, you know, where there's an individual look at how things affect you that's, and it may affect you, you know, what uh, cultural background you come from, not just your gender. That's, that is really interesting. Yeah. And, is. and it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Before uh, we wrap, do, what else do we have before we let you go, Dr. Wider? All right. So one of the, one of the biggest trends going on right now is mixing alcohol with energy drinks. That seems to be very in style here, at least in the United States among teenagers. A lot of people love to mix alcohol with energy drinks. They think it's going to make you drunker. Is that is that all the buzz there in Ireland? Do you guys have energy drinks? We, we've definitely had here? this for years. It, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be the fat. It's definitely... It's it, something that a lot of people used to drink anyway. Uh, yeah, definitely. Still some people do. Like, But yeah, of course we have it over here. It, mm. it, uh, would I say it's as big as it was? Yeah. 
yeah, if you're going out on a night out, it's like double vodka Red Bull. Yeah. A lot of people would, would kind of go for right, something Right, right, like exactly. Right. And, you know, a lot of people think that the energy, you know, the caffeine and the energy drinks intensifies your drunkenness, and it doesn't. That's the interesting thing about this. The caffeine does not make you more drunk. Adding uh, an energy drink to alcohol will not make you drunker. What's interesting is that the caffeine actually masks the sedative effect to the alcohol. So alcohol is a depressant. It makes you a little sleepy. And so oftentimes when people have, like, two glasses of wine, they may realize, like, they're getting a little bit tired. That energy drink mixed with the alcohol will 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 make you miss. It masks the sedative effect. You won't realize that you're sleepy, which may have cued you to stop drinking in the first place. The result is that most people drink more when they're drinking an energy drink. They're tricked into thinking they have more energy than they actually do because of the caffeine. So they end up drinking more and that's why people get drunk. And they also have a really, really bad hangover the next day based on the fact that they drank more than they probably would have if they didn't add an energy drink on top of it. So it's all psychological. So it's not actually having an effect on your energy levels. You just think it is because you assume alcohol teamed with a Red Bull is going to give you wings. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And it's, you know, just to wrap completely, like, you know, a lot of people talk about being hydrated and that's a really, really important thing. You know, being hydrated absolutely can reduce hangover effects the next morning. It doesn't prevent them. It reduces the symptoms. So, Oftentimes when you drink, you become dehydrated. A lot of people will recommend taking like a Tylenol or an Advil and then chugging water before you go to bed. Mm. The issue is that you you will be dehydrated. So the fact that you're hydrating yourself the night before can actually mask the effect of those bad, you know, hangover effects. But one thing that I want people to realize is if you take a Tylenol after having a few drinks, you want to be really careful because acetaminophen or Tylenol can be very bad for your liver. And that's the active ingredient in, you know, these NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, specifically acetaminophen, which is the active ingredient in Tylenol. So you want to protect your liver and not take a Tylenol. You're better off taking an Advil. Okay. That's just my little medical advice. Clearly not too good on top of the liver when there's alcohol in the system. <laughs> no. You know, so, maybe, yeah. maybe cut down on the alcohol and keep drinking water. Uh, yeah, there we go. I mean, it, it's just annoying. Water's because good, yes. All of these things can be like the water. I always say if I'm going out like after a couple of drinks, I'll have a pint of water or I'll have a pint of water before I go to bed. But unfortunately, alcohol makes you stupid. Yeah. Um, and you, you just never have do. your takeaway and you just <laughs> yeah, you go just, to sleep. You go to bed and then you regret it the next day. And um, listen, Dr. Wyatt, that was really interesting, really fascinating. Your Twitter handle again for somebody who wants to reach out and find out a bit more info. So I'm at Dr. Wider, D-R-W-I-D-E-R on social media, cross lovely, social media. Lovely. <laughs> well, it has been an absolute pleasure, Dr. Wider. Thank you very much for that. Thanks, guys. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.